Nabil, do you realize that um, today is basically, and this is something we just found out, by the way. So basically what happened is that Nabil and I, we just decided to record something today. And we, I tried to get Rory to come with on with us. And um, he's basically called to me. bail as usual. He didn't, he didn't even bail. Like, he, didn't even, he didn't even reply back to my best. Um, yeah, he Ian is this. apparently still working. It's 8.30 p.m. And then we randomly get on. We start talking about well, what do you want to talk about? And then I, for some weird reason, I randomly check what was the date of our first episode. It turns out our first episode was published um, this very day, one year ago. And it was just me and the villa at that time. I think, I think we did like three or four episodes where it was just you and me. But I think the last one we did was... Around the election time. I don't ages, know what that was. It was ages ago. I think it was a reaction yeah. that we just wanted to get on recording. But um, in case you're wondering if why normally uh, a super emotional person like myself uh, isn't jumping up and down with joy, it's because uh, Nas decided to delete that section up. I was so excited. It was a perfect yeah. segue into whatever we were going to talk about. And then I even write in the chat, this is where we start. And he's like, no, no, no. Let's take it from the top. All right. So, yeah, this is this is me. Woo, one year. Yay. Woo, yay. The thing All is, right. I didn't want to do like a reaction. It was just like, yeah, it's fine. We mentioned it and then we move on to what we're going to talk about today. But it is, it so, is one year. And I and, went from being super excited to being super sad in a matter of 30 years. Now I just burst my bubble. And the thing Completely is, we burst my bubble. The thing is also, Neville, this is our episode 43 or 44, either one. I can't be sure. And, um, and yeah, I mean, we were like, the first time we spoke was like, maybe we could put out like 12 episodes in a year, but you know, we've done 42. Um, and and by, the, by the end of this week, we'll have like at least 44 out, which is... And we've got some great, we've got some great, like, you know, we've been talking about taking it a little bit more seriously. I mean, we have always still very seriously, but we're going to take it up a notch. Um, basically, uh, QAnon is starting to become a thing. We've got a framework working on that one. Me and Naz were talking about building some more structure into this whole thing. Um, you know, so... And I think our Twitter is a good one. Oh, we, uh, we love, yeah, our Twitter's taken off in the sense that we love trolling the the low hanging fruit, so to speak. So that's our that's our guilty pleasure. So we're gonna bring segments into. I know we keep talking about it, but we'll we'll make it happen. Um, yeah, and also also like some of our recent episodes, like like the media personalities episode. I think it was episode forty. Got a lot of good reactions, like from even from myself. Like I was listening back to, it and I felt like it's really well done. It was very well structured, and there's a lot of good. Thoughts that I like. I'm someone who listens to a lot of like. I consume a lot of news. I consume a lot of podcasts. I consume a lot of YouTube, and a lot of the stuff that was said. It was. Uh, it, it. I haven't heard it anywhere else. I'll be honest with you. Same here, dude. Sometimes I'll I'll listen to. It. I'm like, man, Rory makes a great point. I'm like, oh yeah, Ben's fucking on it. I'm like, damn, Nas is wrong as usual. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. When, when we talk about one of the things later, I do want to mention something about you guys harping on about me being wrong all the time. It was that. Yeah, we all think you're wrong all the time. You're wrong whenever you're on the pod. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll address that later. So, anyways, we'll start with uh, with, with with Congress. Already. Exciting stuff happening in Capitol. Exciting. If you are a political junkie, you live for this shit. Um, not really though, because it's kind of sad to watch. It it's supposed to be. I mean, the head. If you read the headlines, and that's something we're going to get into as well, you think some something completely different was happening uh, from what the reality is. But the reality is, the country has been hijacked by a handful of corporate Democrats, Republican-leaning corporatist, corporatist Democrats. And um, Naz, if you want to give us the timeline of where we're at with these bills that are kind of uh, in limbo right now. Well, um, there's, we'll basically, there, there's basically three um, main issues that they're trying to pass. Basically, So th- there's the, the two bills that we've talked about previously on the pod, which was one of them was the reconciliation bill, which is, which is the one like me personally and a lot of us are most concerned about it is Bernie's bill. It's a three point five trillion dollar bill that 
initially Bernie had proposed six trillion dollars, but it was watered down a little. Like, yeah, we already made some concessions. That's the one, some, that's, dude. That's like almost a fifty yeah, percent concession. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, yeah, okay. But it passed in the Senate. It went, um, went to the House, and you know, we like we knew there was going to be a lot of problems in the House, but I think where we are at, I think this is even worse than like we discussed. Like, this is. I remember Ian, who's like the most cynical of all of us. He was like, oh, they're going to cut it down. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Like what is being proposed regarding the new reconciliation bill, especially from our favorite senator, Joe Manchin, Democrat senator from West Virginia. Uh, what he's I don't know, my is, favorite senator right now is Kristen Sinema. And she's from Arizona. And and, uh, <laughs> and and the bill, you also just found out she was a Green Party activist. Yeah, I know. What the fuck is up with that? I had no idea. Yeah, and, that's, and a little, the, that's a little tidbit. I had no idea. But how does that even even make sense? Like, I don't understand. She's so unpopular in her state. Okay, the funny thing is, polling wise, I can't remember the other senators. Man, I can't remember uh, the other senator from Arizona. He's popular with the Democrats. Uh, he has a pretty high approval rating and a pretty low disapproval with Democrats. Kristen Cinema, not so much. Um, her approval rating is much lower, and her disapproval rating is way higher. Funny enough, she's got a pretty high approval rating among Republicans. So, and uh, the 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 Democrats in Arizona are thinking about doing a vote of no confidence. So we'll see how that goes because uh, it might not be quick enough to do anything. But to be honest, she's only in there for one term. She's gonna she's making her deals now. She's she's got a cushy job lined up for her when she's out. She's not even thinking about running for re-election in 2024. Two reasons: because she doesn't want to, because she doesn't need to, because she has something lined up. And second, no one in their right mind would vote. Like it's just not gonna happen. I mean, Kristen Sarah is. Like, you know, famously, she opposed the $15 minimum wage. Oh, no, that... she didn't. She You have to say why she how she famously opposed it. She did a little fucking curtsy with her little cute little skirt and a little dance while she said no to fucking $15 minimum wage. That's the kind of person she is. And, and, and after she did that, um, also famously, a lot of her um, supporters and people who campaigned for her when, when she got to office um, actually went to her office in, in, um, in Arizona and started protesting. And apparently... F- uh, a lot of them got arrested for pro- like protesting against her oppos- opposition to the fifteen dollar minimum. She's Democrat. She's a Democrat. It's just the the, the fact that she is a Democrat. Is just... she, dude? She's <sighs> been getting funding from supporters of you know people who are backing you know the bill not passing. She's like selling yeah. her soul for as little as like fifteen hundred to fifty eight hundred dollars at this fucking. I, I think I think that's a strategy like, you're gonna see in a lot of like very hard left leaning. Um, counties you're going to see or districts especially in the house and and in the senate is that you're going to see a lot of um, f- uh, the republican donors or instead of because say say for example in new york like uh the mayor race right and you know a republican is not going to win that so what do you do you're going to tr- you want to try to find the most right leaning uh democratic candidate and you want to you want to you want to fund them so that they can like beat like the progressives in new york and that's a strategy they've come up with in in the last like I think the last year and year and a half that's really taken off, and I, I expected, and that's something I, I honestly, I'll be honest with you, I, I did not foresee something like that, and it, but I'm not surprised it's happening. Anyways, to get back to the to Congress, so you also have the the one trillion dollar infrastructure bill. Now this is a oh, yeah. bipartisan bill. It is. It has. It got support from the from both sides in the Senate. It has support from some Republicans in the House. Most of the Democrats obviously support it. Yeah, but it's a conditional support from the progressive. It is conditional support. So the, the, the progressive base in the House, and it's not just the squad, it's a little more than that. Um, a lot of them have come out that we, we're going to block this $1 trillion infrastructure bill. It's about uh, 40 to 50 votes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it, it's it's a big much block. Much more, much more, much bigger block than the um, the corporate Dems who are blocking this, or who are in opposition to this. Yeah, so, so basically, um, the, the progressives in the House have said that if you don't pass the 
the reconciliation bill. If you don't pass Bernie's bill, we're not passing the infrastructure bill. It's um, it's a strategy that's you know we've been crying out for. I think you've been crying out for for a very long time. Exactly, uh, and also on a on a different note, Biden kind of needs this because he's been talking about this bipartisan bullshit. Well, this is his. This is his. Like Nancy Pelosi has to deliver. That's a campaign promise of his. He's always said he's going to work together, and if he can show that he's worked together to give something, that that helps him and the Democrats in the midterm for sure. Yeah, I mean. What what we feel about bipartisan bills is a different matter. I mean, I don't I don't see the need for why we need Republican support for anything uh, that we want to do for the American people. But you know, that's what I, what no. But I'm saying like then Joe Biden can say that he has not reneged on his promise of having bipartisan yeah. bills. That's right. that's his strategy. Wrong or right, uh, but that's his. He's going with that. Strategy. Right. So on top of all of this, there's also the the debt limit um, that needs to be like voted on. Uh, basically, the I think the debt limit right now is at $28.4 trillion, I believe. $26.7 trillion. Or, or we're trying to raise it to twenty. Yeah, something like that. I, one of the, I don't know, some obscene fucking number that we're losing track of. Right. And, and well, the debt limit, basically, I'm just, just going to read this straight off the AP because I think a lot of people don't understand what the debt limit is. So the debt limit is a uh, nearly centuries old artificial cap that Congress placed on the U.S. government's ability to borrow. Lawmakers have raised uh, or suspended it nearly 80 times in the 1960s. There is a uh, deepening uh, partisan standoff this time, underscoring how the debt limit has evolved into a political weapon. Basically, um, the Democrats want to, Biden and the Democrats want to raise the debt limit so that they can fund um, these infrastructure bills, these um, reconciliation bills, and the Republicans are blocking it. Um, the AP article also like goes into this, and I'm surprised it did. Uh, they also go into the reason the Republicans want to block this is because just to fuck with Biden. It's just, they don't really have any good reason. I mean, if you do the math, like if you had 80 times since 1960 where the debt limit's been raised or suspended, that's like over one point, like that's over once a year, right? Right. So this is yeah. not an uncommon thing to happen in Congress. And, and right? the funny thing is it happened three times under Trump. And that was a that was a Republican-led Congress, uh, especially in the first term. Uh, so Trump Trump suspended the debt limit, but not Trump. Like Congress suspended the debt limit for Trump, uh, Trump's uh, 2017 tax cuts. And now we cannot suspend. Well, here's the thing. How deep, and... how, how deep are the Republicans going to like, you know, dig into this? Because, you know, the record shows that the debt ceiling, quote unquote, crisis is never eventually a crisis something is always resolved by the end of it i'm pretty sure they decided to fund the the government till december um it was december in, a, in a last yeah. last second vote so there's always a last second vote they always pass it that's the thing they will always capitulate and pass it so to me it's just like one of those things like if i was a strategist in the rooms and they're like oh the republicans are trying to play the debt ceiling game against us i'm like yeah fucking let them they're gonna pass it because the opposition always capitulates the strategy isn't gonna work yeah basically you, you don't, don't want, want they don't want news getting out the oh america defaulted on their debt which is which is the one thing that Republicans, which is the one reason that the opposition in this case, or in every case in the last sixty years, has has always finally, yeah. come come in line, come in line and voted for it, yeah. an extension even at least, not a yeah. resolution on it, but at least an extension, and then kick kick the can down the road. Which is why we've had it more than once a year sometimes. Yeah, uh, well, so. we happened, I think in twenty twenty. We raised, we suspended it twice, I believe, under Trump. But that was, and the uh, news always sensationalizes it. Oh, government shutdown. Ah, blah blah blah. Like you know, they always sensationalize it, and they. Nothing really comes up. That's one of the reasons why I kind of got jaded by this issue. So every time this debt crisis comes up, it's personally to me, it doesn't seem like a good political strategy. But right, even even if, even in the AP article, it actually also mentions that how like polling data from the last three to four years, where more and more people, or rather less and less people, care about the debt limit than they did for this reason, because yeah. you know they sensationalize it and then they like, oh, everything's gonna end. Uh, the government's gonna default. Blah blah blah. All these treasury bonds and what's gonna happen? Who's gonna pay? And then. 
that's that which which is which is worse because people are apathetic towards uh the debt crisis it is a crisis just because we don't care about it doesn't mean it's not an issue i'm not advocating oh yeah the debt is all, having more debt is good i'm just saying that people just don't care anymore a like you just said the article also states that and b the fact that there's so much debt there's no policy in place to rein in on this debt we're just this is just how it's going to be until one day the fucking <laughs> chickens come home to roost man that's i, I think that's going to be Eventually, there's going to be a time when we just get rid of it. I don't know when that will be, but I don't think that's far off either. Because it's especially when we get into, we really, really get into the climate the climate change crisis, um, or the climate crisis, rather. You're going to have to. This is not going to be it. Um, and even if you think about it, like the, one, part of the reason why Biden also wants to raise the debt limit is because of, uh, of recovery from a lot of the hurricanes that took place all over the country this year. So there's a lot of that relief is actually going to go to some of the southern states that, um, like Florida and Louisiana, yeah, but they don't care. They, 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 these states have openly, openly admonished um, expansion of Medicare in their own states. You know, they, they don't give a shit about these things. They would, they don't give a shit about the citizens, and citizens of their own state. So, climate change is for like healthcare. They don't give a shit about healthcare. You think climate change is something they want? You know, preventative measures for their citizens or re- reimbursement? Like Ben Shapiro always says, just move, sell your house, and move. And the point we always make on the show is, yeah, but to who, Ben? Who the fuck is going to buy that house that's, you know, literally about to be destroyed or is destroyed from climate or is an area that is, you know, susceptible to climate? I think the lastly, the lastly, uh, this basically the point I'm trying to get at this, there's a lot of posturing in Congress. From my understanding is I'm, and again, I'm, I guess I'm spending time with with Ian, I've gotten cynical as well. I, I do think the infrastructure bill will get passed. The debt limit will get will get uh, raised. The one thing that's not going to happen is is Bernie's bill. It's it's eventually going to be watered down or just going to be delayed and delayed into oblivion. Worst case scenario is like they push it back to push it back for a whole year and then and then we lose the midterms and the Republicans never pass it. So that's that's also entirely possible. Yeah, but what about what about those headlines you posted earlier? Um, uh... Uh, showing the progressives right. are the ones who are the villains. So you know, yeah, that's already pre- preempting the spin for things. Right. So that's happen, that, or they're covering that's their side, bases. Right. So that's a side point regarding this. This is this is the part that really pissed me off because um, usually I wouldn't care so much about this thing un- unless it was just well, except for the for Bernie's well. Um, but if you just look at I, and I posted only two uh, links in our Discord, but there's tons more if you go through the internet. Um, Progressive threatened debt ceiling over funds for Israel. That's one. This is from like a few days ago. And the one from yesterday is from Politico. It's like progressives threaten uh, Biden's infrastructure bill um, passage in Congress. Um, why? Why is it progressives are the one threatening us? Why isn't it like you said, Republicans? Dude, the progressives are for it. It's- yeah. So <laughs> Republican releaning uh, Democrats are the one who's threatening Bernie's bill and and for and that's what like why can't we word it that way? Why yeah, is it Corey, always... Corey Bush, Rokana, um, who's the other one? Corey Bush, Rokana, Premier Jayapal, They've all in the last few days gone on national television shitting on the fucking Republican leading Democrats who are not playing ball, and they're stressing the fact that the progressives have already, like you said earlier, have already made concessions. Like this is Bernie's right. bill. Bernie wanted a six trillion dollar bill, and yeah. the, the progressives had to give way to a lot already. So Joe Manchin wanting a 1.5 trillion or at most 2 trillion, Kristen Cinema not even stating a number is just, you know, and, and then you back that up with like who's paying them for their freaking campaign contributions and stuff like that. Like it, it's, it's gone to a point where bribery is not like the word doesn't exist in the, uh, 
in the in the language of politics in America. Because the fact that it's, it's legalized, citizens, basically. It's legalized, exactly. It's yeah. Citizens United. It's just and you know, we can thank Obama for this as well, obviously. But this is what we're seeing right now. This is this is this is the reason why, despite having majority support for these propositions, in fact, having majority support for even what Bernie's bill was in the first place, we can't get these things passed for what, one or two people? Literally. Like one person or two people are holding up progress in this country. And it's coming from the Democratic Party itself. And the progressives are being blamed for this. What the fucking fuck is going on? Like, seriously. Right. How can this, how can no one see through this? Is everyone like that? I don't know what the word to use here. Is like everyone that like, it's frustrating, dude. It's just. Uh, yeah, it's, it's everyone just has a brain fart when it comes to like the actual people who vote for them instead of the people who give money to them. Um, yeah. And also like, like the thing. And we, I, to, let me be honest. Like, I do think that we need to raise it, but also I know for a fact part of the reason why they want to increase the debt limit is to stabilize the the financial markets. Because if America defaults on their debt, what do you think is going to happen to the S and P five hundred the next day? Uh, it's going to fucking crash. And no president wants that on their on their term, right? And Congress doesn't want that because a lot of these like Congress men and women they're invested in the in the stock market and. Uh, and the, more importantly, their donors are fully invested in the stock market being propped up the way it is propped up, right? So and there you have it. No, man. It's, uh, I don't know what Biden's going to do with this shit. Like, he can't, like, okay, here's the thing from my point. It's, it's a two-way street, right? So we have these corporate, corporate, these fucking corporate Democrats doing whatever the fuck they want and not feeling the wrath of basically the Democratic establishment. And if you have one progressive kind of, you know, get quote unquote out of line, the full force of the democratic establishment is on them in a heartbeat. Now, my point is, like, despite, like, you know, no matter what you say or do is going to get that much um, attention from them. Might as well band together and fight for your cause. Like, this is like, the centrists are proving to you that it is possible. They're literally showing you how to do it. This is literally the politics I've been calling for from the progressives since day one. Literally, this is what the cent, like, this is what pisses me off. This just proves to me that the centrists are more capable at politics than the fucking progressives. That is, that should be scary to people. That is what should be scary to people. I mean, 100%, 100% these moderates are way better at politics than, you know, uh, most progressives will. uh, Except Bernie, maybe. I think he's the only one who is good at politics. And and a lot of people. Yeah, because he studied this shit from the inside. He studied this shit from the inside for years. He's also been doing it for 50 years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other one is like, you know, I, I, mean, I hate to go back to this. Like it all still comes back to the Senate being split 50-50. And, I, and you think back to the 2020 elections, like how the fuck did we lose the Senate in the Senate seat in Maine against Susan Collins? How the fuck did we lose the, the Senate race in North Carolina? Uh, right. And then all of these, like the, the Senate was there for the taking. Like, it was so there for the taking. And instead, at the end, we needed to promise, make a promise of two thousand dollars to um, two thousand dollar checks uh, to, to get two senate seats in Georgia, and turns out we didn't even like fulfill that promise. We only gave people fourteen hundred dollars instead of two thousand dollars. So this like the state of the Democratic Party is no. The, the argument for that was, oh, you already got the six hundred first. <laughs> but but the thing is, you well, I, we did. We already talked about this. But the thing is that the problem was that they they literally posted pictures of checks with two thousand dollars written on it days before the election in georgia and then when push came to shove it's like no we're just gonna give you 1400 but anyways uh well at least some people in wall street uh, didn't have to pay for that so at least somebody won um <laughs> it wasn't the american people but uh, uh, somebody won. when was the last uh, time the american people won anything uh that's a good point it's a very maybe the olympics i don't know we do we do well in the olympics that's you about talk, it. You talk- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah i mean 
Well, I, I don't even want to speak about this anymore. Well, let's just move on, please. Let's talk about, um, I want to talk about YouTube. Um, YouTube uh, made the move yesterday morning, and it, it, I think the internet blew up uh, regarding this. YouTube made the move to ban uh, vaccine misinformation content on their platform completely. So if you um, post a video on YouTube questioning the COVID vaccine's uh, efficacy or effectiveness or make uh, any claims about, you know, giving you like 5G internet um, in your body from the COVID vaccine, that video is going to get taken down and most likely your account is going to be banned. They also took down two, apparently two very prominent um, right-wing commentators. I think one of them is a doctor. This is Dr. Marcola or something. I never watched any of his videos. So I, I, I did a search for him on YouTube. Obviously, he was gone by that. So YouTube deleted his channel. And then there was another one, Robert F. Kennedy. He's also a very vaccine critic, and his channel was taken down as well. Apparently, they have millions of. Um, oh, Doctor Joseph Marcola, his account, like his channel, was deleted, and then Robert Kennedy's channel, channel was. Uh, this was. I don't have a problem with this, of course. Like I think YouTube is a YouTube is owned by Google. Google is a private company. Private com- I'm all, I'm all for the free market, so the private companies can make any decision they see fit. It's their own platform. They they want to remove these two channels. You know, um, whether I agree with it or disagree with it, it's really doesn't matter they're, they're they have every right to do so they can't i don't that's not the issue my issue was the reporting based on if as soon as this news came out the mainstream media just ate it up like they were like doing victory parades all over the internet like they were people... because why wouldn't they not because this is the end that is the opposite to or the you know the villain to who they are right so for them anyone who speaks the exact opposite to what the media said like I know it becomes a free speech issue, and I guess it goes goes deep. Like you said, it is a private company; they can do whatever they want to. But you know, people can still say what they because, and I, we've talked about this on the show a lot. I, and I don't want to jumble up my words too much, but I, this always starts with things like this, and then they start applying it to the left. In right. case in point in history, we've discussed this over and over in the show, and it's one of those. That's why these things scare me a bit because. Okay, uh, and I, I will come to YouTube and the left. I, like just if I forget to mention, come back to that point, just remind me. But regarding this one. Listen, I am I am the most pro vaccine person you will find. I got both my doses back in December, January. I got my third dose last week, um, the booster dose of Pfizer, and I I got my flu vaccine this morning. In fact, right? I and I've taken my flu vaccine every year for the last like ten years. Um, I've taken the you know the the boosters. Like I take any the pneumonia vaccine because I used to be uh like uh I used to smoke cigarettes and people who smoke cigarettes talk to your doctor. You might be eligible for a pneumonia vaccine. All of this, I've, I'm pro-vaccine. Basically, Nas, Nas loves needles. I just love it, right? And <laughs> and the thing is, um, like... Uh, He's got one right now. Damn, Nas is always getting vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, Did you get a lollipop? Like, Did you get a lollipop every time I, you get vaccinated? I, I got my flu vaccine this morning. So, but the, my problem was, like, when you're... Yeah, there are vaccine critics. There are vaccine misinformation. Like, people spouting nonsense. There are people that's there. Whether I want to silence them is a different matter. I don't, I don't really, I don't, I'm not really for people. I'm not really against freedom of speech because eventually you're right in the sense that it will eventually, like they start that way and then eventually it'll, it'll come to the left and they'll use that ve- as a vehicle to silence the left um, later on. Uh, my problem with the mainstream media was that uh, they, they treated this like a victory parade. Whereas, whereas, especially if you think about it, the damage was already done, right? So if you wanted to cut down on vaccine misinformation, you should have started a year ago. We're in October, we're in, well, September of 2021. The da- like the damage that these people have done, like these, with the vaccine misinformation campaigns on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, the damage is done. Like you know, there's people who believe them and um, 
nothing we do right now is going to change their mind. Because people who used to follow this, but Dr. not this, I, th- that's that's the that's the irony of all of this. Because one of the one of the people spouting a lot of vac- I wouldn't say vaccine misinformation in general, but just misinformation all throughout this whole time was the president of the United States at the time. And how can you like? They finally censored him for other shit. But I'm just saying that when someone that powerful and with that big of a megaphone is allowed to say whatever the fuck he wants to, <laughs> true or false, you know, it's very hard to control, like, you know, control everybody else. And that not control is not the right word, but like, you know, filter out everybody. Because say, for example, if Twitter decided to be like, all right, I'm banning Trump or YouTube's like, I'm banning Trump from like last year for spouting vaccine misinformation. You have just deplatformed the president of the United States based on the same principles they are basically using now to deplatform people. I mean, I don't know what you what you're saying when you said Trump wasn't was anti-vaccine. Trump was I'm not, I'm not saying for... I, I wasn't saying anti-vax, but I'm saying more like anti-covid and anti like anti the dangers of covid because right. there's been a study and the study shows that like they came out what was it? I think New York Times posted it, of a counties that voted for Trump yeah. more than 70% and counties that voted for Biden yeah. more than 70% and the deaths yeah. The difference in deaths was astronomical, right? So yeah. my point, well. the, the point I was going to say was that Trump wasn't anti-vaccine. Trump was all for injecting people with bleach to get rid of the, the coronavirus. True. He, I wouldn't, he was... So maybe maybe okay. he was ahead of the time. Maybe 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 we're behind. Maybe that's what we need to be doing, going back to... He was, he was more of the kind of person who's like, yeah, try throwing the kitchen sink at it. Just whatever sticks. Just throw everything at it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But, like, I think YouTube should have done this... A while ago, that's that's like yeah, but that's the, the that's the point. other thing. Like, yeah, remember we were talking about their algorithms and how much like fear right. and reactions yeah, yeah. and emotions playing. They fucking dug their own grave for that. Like right. their algorithms did it for them. Right. So so that's the point. Like so this is this is something I wasn't planning on. And now about, but... and now do you think it's feeling more conspiracy now that these men like oh yeah, yeah of see, course they were right hell all yeah. along. So yeah yeah hell yeah hell yeah and 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 like what do you think you're gonna like yes fine you're gonna cut off a lot of this guy's Joseph Mercola's audience. But what do you think is going to happen? He's going to create a Substack, and then he's going to have thousands of people give him money um, every month, and he's he's still going to be rich. Uh, anyways, the point um, I, I wasn't planning on talking about this. The point about YouTube and the left is that if you listen to a lot of what Kyle Kulinski says, is that um, previously, and Kyle Kulinski has been on YouTube for what good seven eight years now. Oh, he, longer than that, dude. Way longer than that, right? So he's yet to hit a million subscribers on YouTube. I'm right? so glad you mentioned this because he's right. been sitting on close to a million forever. For, for, forever. And he he said he recently said something about that he only gains about six thousand subscriber, new subscriber per month. And this was and he said that around um around the election time when you would think like he would be gaining a lot more. And uh, because that's when like the interest in politics just like peaks every four years. And this is a guy like, you know, he's he's been like, like I'm a huge Cal fan. Like he's been very constant in his message for years and years. He hasn't really, he hasn't really floundered. And then you listen to him, like he seems, this guy sounds so genuine, right? Uh, the problem leftist, leftist uh, commentators have, like Kyle, is that A, the algorithm fucks with them. Like again and again and again. You look at The Hill, The Hill has over a million subscribers. Yeah, you look at the content, they bullshit compared to what Kyle is giving you. Um, you you look. Well, at that's any- another thing, though. The hill grew so much because of Crystal. Because of Rising. Well, yeah, but you look at any- who now have their own show. But you. But my point is, like, you look at any regular. Like, if you search right now, if you search about the debt limit, I'm sure you know a lot of leftist commentators have videos out on on the debt limit. But the recommendations you're gonna get are the first ones are CNN, are from Fox News, are from um, MSNBC, CNBC. But why? Like, come on. Like, what are we doing? Like, this isn't what. YouTube was supposed to be doing like, but and and you you think about it like 
you might get recommended a Ben Shapiro video. And by the way, Ben Shapiro has almost 6 million subscribers on YouTube. Or was it, was it, it Stephen Crowder? Stephen Crowder, Ben Shapiro is right? out there as well. Ben Shapiro is one of the uh, most watched Facebook videos. But, so, so the algorithm is not fucking with them. But it's really fucking with people like Kyle Golinski. And, and I'm, I'm, it's, I'm sure it's fucking Yeah, but these people are the ones who are, you know, bitching and moaning about Google censoring the right wing and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, you have the right. biggest fucking platform. What are you talking about? Are right. you and, 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 and like you say that they're going to use something like this to censor the left later on. Oh, they've been censoring the left for years already. They started years ago. Um, this like I, I I'll be honest with you. I was lucky back in like 2015. I was lucky enough to find the Young Turks, and that's where I, I developed a lot of my leftist ideas. And I don't watch the Young Turks anymore. I know you guys are not. Oh, dude, the li- the libertarians found me way earlier. The libertarians found me around 2010. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't watch the Young Turks anymore, but I'll always be thankful to them. Like, and I think. And oh yeah, for we, sure. We're gonna argue for about sure. what they have turned out to be, and like you know their recent content. I mean, I try to go back to. I'll watch one of their videos once in a while, and I'm, I, they're not really my type anymore. But I'll be always be I'll always be like grateful to the Young Turks because yeah, and I was lucky that I could have easily back in 2015 when I was trying to get into politics, I could have easily clicked on um uh like Alex Jones or or Steve oh Carter I used or, to watch I I used to watch Alex Jones but not from a going down the rabbit hole standpoint more for like he's the guy on the other side but here's the funny part when I did search things like say you just said like the CNN issue would come up like say the spin on the news okay we'll take that example so say CNN is presenting a, a viewpoint but then somehow alex jones's viewpoint would also kind of show up yeah so that's how that, that like you're saying it's it's not fair that the right wingers just especially yeah. the crazy ones I think, get, yeah john oliver yeah. had a video out on this as well like he he actually showed like he actually showed where was it john oliver it might have been somebody else but he literally showed that you search for uh like a dog video or something it was something very random and then from that you get a recommendation of something else, and from that you get a recommendation of something else, and from that you get a recommendation for like a gun rights video. Um, and, and it's not really that difficult. Like you can you can start watching a, like a really random video, and ten minutes later you could be recommend you could be you could start watching like anything, right? Um, whereas you'll never really it's really hard for you to end. And and the thing is, if you think back, like in in twenty fifteen, like I knew my I was angry. I knew I was angry. I wasn't that much into American politics, but I knew I was angry. I knew that, like, you know, midlife crisis. Like, the American system is fucked. The American dream is not real. I knew, I, I had already and, learned that. And, it's and all very, roads ended up leading to Trump for people like that, in the way. Yeah, and it's, oh, a, very a, fi- it's a very fine line between, at, in 2015, 2016, it's a very fine line between Bernie and Trump. It's, it really is. For someone who was angry as I was, and you could... You could have easily... For people not nuanced in politics, I can understand, right. like, especially the mainstream media. They're like, "Oh yeah, Bernie supporters are also Trump supporters," but at the same time, that's that's a not, that's a very disingenuous argument yeah. because yeah. technically the supporter themselves they're mad at the system, and then you've got this right. outsider basically two outsiders. saying shit, two outsiders right. saying shit that kind of resonates with them. They're kind of sick and tired yeah. of all this stuff. Yeah, so it was it's a very fine line, and 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 I've I've, I've argued this a lot, like even like especially for at a young age, like you know, it's a very fine line from have like hanging out with like the like the like the fucked up part of town to the good part of town because the the difference could literally be a couple of blocks like you could even the same park i remember back when i was a kid like in i used to go to the park near my house and one part of the park we used to play like like soccer or cricket like and nobody knows cricket i'll just say soccer right we used to play soccer what do you mean our fans in the netherlands definitely (laughs) oh yeah they do they actually have a team but uh, on the other other side of the park people like kids were doing drugs and 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 it was just like either side and i you me as as a 10 year old kid or 12 year old kid i could have ended up on either side like it's it's a really like it's a really short walk from one side of the park to the to the other 
And the same goes with politics because, you know, a lot of people, like, they don't, a lot of people who voted for Trump in 2016, they don't give a shit about what his views are on, on Black Lives Matter or on LGBT. Uh, they might be, they, they're probably totally for Black Lives Matter. They're totally for all, like, all the, the social issues. But what they was looking at was one guy says that he's bringing jobs back to America and the other one's like, I'm better than that guy. Um, and they voted for the guy who promised them jobs. Like, it's not really that difficult to understand. Uh, and you, you don't think like you and if you, uh, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter helped them with this. And one of the fucked up part, I think, of the 2016 election was after the election was done, I think f- like people from Facebook, people from Twitter, people from uh, YouTube, what they realized, like, I don't think they even understood the power they had before 2016. Like after 2016, like Mark Zuckerberg would have stood up like, well, like I have the power to decide the next president of the United States. Like literally, literally, I don't think he ever understood that he had that power but he does like he could technically um facebook could like you know sway the the, the votes of a country and and it's not why just do you think US. china never allowed these companies and, and, in but and, and we're thinking just the u.s think of like facebook is widely popular in in developing countries like they could sway the votes in any country in the world like think about it right you, you know a c- country in africa a country in asia a country in south america they could all they have to do is start censoring people there and then that's what it. are you talking about now the russians did according to hillary clinton the russian government <laughs> put out a few facebook ads and which is why she lost come on well, it, it, rachel maddow night after night spewed this bullshit we all know oh, man let's not even get into russia gate that's, that's another think, thing Kyle, that's another thing kyle kalinsky's can write on this is russia gate overhyped like, yeah i think i think that's some of the things that you know is um it's that's why you you know youtube banning people is a little worrying because the next one you know is like you know you know someone who's doing good in the world is getting bad and i don't think that's far off yeah it's not too long um yeah as long as youtube exists we're gonna have these problems that's basically it (laughs) right the last thing the last thing i do want to talk about before we go off is uh like this vaccine mandates i think i think last time we did touch on it i think it was rory was here uh, and you and I disagreed. I was, I'm still, technically, I'm still against vaccine mandate. And you said that you, you talked about how schools have had vaccine mandates for years and that we never had an issue with it, blah, blah, blah. Um, the other thing was that I was, I didn't think it would work. My, my other point was like, I just don't think like vaccine, man, I guess I, speaking to people at work and I, I was, I'm, I was at a workplace that where 50% of, um, of the staff was unvaccinated. And this, I'm talking like a couple of months ago. And that, and speaking to them, a lot of them were like, yeah, I don't want it. I'm not going to get it. I don't know what's in it. It was it was rust. It was blah, 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 right? So they're not going to take it. And all of these, and then, you know, New York State came out, New York City, rather, came out with, like, you, you need proof of vaccine to eat at a restaurant. You need proof of vaccine to go to into the movies, uh, to the gym, to most indoor settings. Um, a lot of workplaces started, uh, oh, I actually have a funny story today. A lot of workplaces started mandating vaccines for their um, employees, in-house employees. And you... And surprise, surprise, actually it worked. Like and from speaking from my personal experience, from the half that was unvaccinated, half of them decided to get a vaccine. So only 25% of the staff is not unvaccinated. Um, and my company doesn't even have a mandate. My company is not yet. I think they will eventually. Um, but my company doesn't even have a mandate. And still that was other places did and restaurants did. That was enough to get five people to think like, hey, I do want to eat out at a restaurant. So you know what? I'll go get this. Um, and it's also been months and people seem to be... Um, also hospitals so new york state came out this was something by the way like uh, the new new york governor uh, kathy hochel uh, one of her big tests like her first big test was this vaccine was she mandated um that healthcare workers needed to be vaccinated by the 27th of september and that was last monday 
And when she came out with that, I think there was something like 26% of the staff and most um, healthcare places were unvaccinated. So there's 74% vaccinated. Turns out in, in, since her coming out and saying that we're mandating this vaccine, um, the number is now at 94%. So 20% more people went ahead and decided to get the vaccine. Including- it's the same thing with... No, so the thing with healthcare, this is what I find funny. First of all, these people have seen what's been happening for the last. So it's not like, oh, I don't know what the vaccine, oh, I don't know what's going to happen if I get COVID. They, they very well know what's happening. Second of all, being a medical professional, you have to have, there are band-aids for licensing and being able to like, in qualifications and stuff like that. And also you need to be vaccinated against a bunch of diseases. Case in point, one of them is also COVID now. Like diseases come and they have to be. So the fact that it wasn't a high num- higher number in the first place is what baffles that yeah, you have I, to convince healthcare workers to fucking get it. I'll be honest, it did not surprise me. I, I, the 74% number was about what I expected it to be in, in New York. Um, no, but that's what I'm saying. 96% eventually got it. So you've got a significant portion of the subpopulation who will just go along with it because it's now a requirement. And, and New York, and by the way, also, I do want to mention that New York also has one of the strictest ones because a lot of states have imposed vaccine mandates, but they have given that this really weird fucking ex- exemption where you can argue for the religious uh, religious exemption to the vaccine right so if you argue that it's against my religion i don't want it um and you could get approved for it um well i'm sorry your religion fucking sucks but to be honest i'd rather your religion make sure you don't take the vaccine because the less of you there are going forward the better off you man i just wanted to say that out. right so so new york did not have the religious new york also didn't have the testing option like a lot of states uh mandated vaccine or or weekly testing so new york took out all the exemptions it's, there's like you have to get the vaccine or you're you're gonna get fired um turns out the last week leading up to the mandate starting which was last monday a ton of people got vaccinated the, in the weekend um and they also have like certain i think they have five weeks to show their fully anyways it, it turns out this show works uh, it also worked in schools a lot of the, it got a lot of teachers to get vaccinated it also worked in most private employ in, like uh, employment as well so a lot of um I'll give you an example today. This is literally from today. I have a friend. This dude is um, is totally against vaccine. And he's been posting. He's not telling other people not to get it, but he posts uh, about um, like uh, vaccine side effects and, and people dying from vaccines and blah, blah, blah on social media. Um, and he's been doing that for months. He didn't want the vaccine. But he also has a nice, cushy, six-figure jo- uh, salary job in New York. But he's been working from home all this time. It turns out uh, the work from home option is going away. And he was expected back at the office starting um, this Monday. And the the office also gave them, I think, um, a five-week notice. Or was it a six-week notice? I can't remember. Uh, that you have to get, be fully vaccinated. So basically, they gave you enough time that you could go either get the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine. You'd be fully vaccinated by this date. I don't know what the date was. might have been middle of October or something. This dude was like, no, I'm not going to do it. So he's been apparently he's been back and forth with HR all this time that he doesn't want it, he doesn't want it. And then HR is like, nah, you're gonna have to get it. And eventually there was an email sent out earlier this week that if you're not uh, vaccinated by Monday, you're you're subject to termination. Eventually he relented and he made an, uh, an appointment at his local pharmacy to get the vaccine this Saturday. So he got the appointment and he was gonna get the vaccine and then he was gonna go into work on Monday. He tested positive for COVID. <laughs> And and guess what happens when you test positive for COVID? You should not be taking the vaccine for they like yeah they basically can't take the vaccine while you're positive for COVID. And also, I think you have to wait two weeks out or certain time. You have to wait a certain time after um, you recover from the from the infection or from the virus uh, to get the vaccine. So I mean, this I don't know what's happening. I think he can he can argue that hey I, I'm sick with COVID, so give me a medical leave or something. 
Um, she's probably not going to get fired, but the thought that, again, he's not a, like a really close friend, but the thought of him getting fired is not all that, like, you know, sad because, you know, this is something that you, you brought up on yourself, right? Oh, yeah, I completely uh, second whatever he's going through. <laughs> I, I actually want you to give me a follow-up on this. Now. So I will be asking you next week how your friend yeah. is doing, if he is alive or, and has a job. So we'll start with alive and then we'll find out. I think, I think he'll be okay with the job. Um, I, I I hope he he he. So what happens now? So say you get you get a vaccine and you test positive for COVID. So do you have to get your first dose again? Is that how it works? No, no. So basically, you can take the vaccine. Like if you are, if you like, like the thing is obviously, if you are positive for COVID, like stay home. Like for you to get the vaccine while you are positive, basically you have to go out of your house, go to a pharmacy, and you risk other people getting the virus from you. Not to mention the person who's going to be giving you the vaccine, like the pharmacist or the technician or the nurse. Yeah. And you're risking that person, and obviously that person is essential, like a essential, essential worker. Sounds like your this friend of yours just did basically that. <laughs> right. So if you're if you're positive for COVID, do not leave the house. You don't need the vaccine. Like, and the thing the thing is, while you are positive for COVID, getting the vaccine is completely defeats the purpose because the vaccine is going to be ineffective. It's not going to do anything for you. Um, you already have your body's already fighting. Your immune system is already fucked at the point when you are infected with this virus. If you get the vaccine, then the vaccine can't do its job. So you rather wait to fully recover. Again, speak to your doctor. Don't listen to me. Uh, I'm, I'm positive that I'm correct in what I'm saying. But again, if like, I'm not a medical advisor. But yeah, speak to your doctor. Nah, it's fine. You're, you're, you're not, you know who says speak to your doctor as well? The people who suggest ivermectin. You're fine to say. Yeah, I mean, right. wait till you fully recover. Do not put your local pharmacist or technician at risk of getting the virus from you. Do not do that. So wait till you fully recover before you leave the house. Is he a, is he just a vaccine denier or is he also a COVID denier? Kind of. Oh no no he's like, not a COVID denier. He he wears the he wears the mask and he actually was um not very social. He just doesn't. He I, I don't think he's even an anti-vaxxer. He was more like like this shit was brought out too fast. Hmm. I can see people's hesitancies with that, but like come on man, millions of people have gotten jabs. No, so the, so. the thing is, it wasn't brought out too fast in the bill. Like they have been working on the coronavirus vaccine since two thousand three. Oh, I know. There, there has been groundwork late. Like, it's not like they just started when COVID started. They had a lot of uh, research material to work off of. But, but uh, from from the layman's perspective, I can understand. Like, oh yeah, COVID happened and boom, they got a vaccine already. What the hell is that? You know. So also, it, they've been working on the mRNA uh, technology yeah. vaccine for years and years and years. They just they just needed the funding for it, and COVID made sure they had, that, the, yeah. they, they had the funding for it. So they could. But then again, nuance is lost. This shouldn't even be nuance. This is like <laughs> the meat of the bone. It's been a year, man. It's been a whole year. Yes. What have we spoken about in the last year? What are some of the topics that you recall? I remember. What's, what's your favorite? Hour, one of my favorites, obviously, is one of our four-hour live stream of the election. Oh, yeah. I think, um, I think that, that was, was. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Thanks for reminding was, me that one. That was my favorite. That was, but we had no idea what we were doing, though. We just jumped into live streaming. What the fuck? In hindsight, I don't know. It was, I think, I think I'd be more comfortable. To, I think your favorite one was the chili one. I think you, I don't think I had ever seen you so excited for an episode. I need to I need to do a follow up on that. There's a lot that's happened. Um, South America for me always has a has a special special place in terms of anti imperial history. I just you know I keep bringing it up. Like I'll talk about Brazil. I'll talk about these countries. Like I have no idea. <laughs> but that's the thing though. A lot of leftist struggle comes from South America. So no. I think my personal favorite would be all the Kuma episodes, man. <laughs> oh god now i, I enjoy doing the kuanon episodes because that actually involves studying and it's i feel like we do a pretty high level analysis because uh, you know me I, i'm i'm a history junkie completely so i i watch a lot of stuff street and to be fair i feel like we do a decent job i think we need to throw ourselves out there more. a year is good enough time to have had practice we just gotta hone it down a bit, hone it hone it in a bit 
and uh, take it to the next level. Uh, I feel our four listeners or five listeners or however many listeners we have would appreciate that. We might just get a sixth or seventh <laughs> one. Just by... by the way, we joke about that. We have more than Really? <laughs> we do? What are we at? We should probably... Because everyone's wondering, like, why am I the only one of five people listening to this podcast? Or be like, this podcast is a hidden gem. I'm not going to share it with anyone. I'm pretty sure this is a hidden, sort of a hidden. I mean, I don't want to say, I don't want to beat beat our own, but I think we do, we've gotten a lot better. Um, Oh, it's only about to get better. The only one thing I do regret is we should have started right after the We would have been on a whole nother level right now. Yeah, yeah, 100%. For sure. Uh, and I would have wasted so so um wasted so much time on fucking Emerson oh, not Emerson fucking Facebook Messenger typing away our rant. <laughs> I do want to revisit them. Uh, we haven't used that group in like what four years now? Two, not four years. No, like, three no, years no. Now. no, but we we only started no a year. This. No, it's been a year. Yeah, we, yeah, so we, we only started Discord, Discord with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We only started the Discord like a year. Uh, yeah, before exactly, that, it was true. all on Facebook Messenger. And yeah, man, I, I fucking hate Messenger. Me too. Um, I think it's the worst <laughs> platform of all. Honestly. It's because of Discord we we've had this. I think Discord allows us to kind of kind of have this format, and I kind of like it. But yeah, one year of progressive rants. Woohoo! We're gonna have a party soon, guys. You gotta we should probably do a live stream at one just to, just to celebrate. <laughs> this, I, we just need something big, maybe. Like I, I don't know what we big. don't need anything big. Just talk about us. I mean, we can't I wait mean, for an election. Every the, time way, the, the way the the way the the baseball season is going, like it could be the Yankees versus Red Sox in the uh, in the wild card game in the American League. Uh, so. I'm pretty sure nobody cares about it. Oh no, Ian, Ian <laughs> follow. I think Ian is a big Red Sox fan. I don't know if he's big. I think he's just a Red Sox fan. <laughs> I mean, you gotta funny. be. There's no other way. Like, I don't even follow baseball, and I don't. I like to piss off Yankees fans by saying, "Yeah, I'm a Red Sox." Aren't just you because. born in New York? That's so fun. Yeah, but the only New York team I support is the New York. Knicks. <laughs> the, 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 I mean, I support the Knicks too, but they're so bad. They got better last ah, year. Though. They got they got a lot better. We'll see next. I don't, know, I don't want to make this a sports podcast, but otherwise, I talk about Cristiano Ronaldo all day and Man United. But that's another day. All right, man. It was nice talking to you today. You too. You too. Happy one year anniversary. Love you, Nas. <laughs> Happy one year anniversary. <laughs>